Christ Church New Malden, 5th of April 2020. Nathan Larkin speaking on Challenged by Quarantine. The situation of the coronavirus outbreak is changing fast, and news and information about the disease can be overwhelming. Not least of which are the many new, confusing, and technical terms that are being used to speak about the outbreak. What's the difference between a pandemic and an an epidemic? Quarantine and isolation? Ventilator and a respirator? Entire new phrases have been added to our vocabulary. Things like social distancing, herd immunity, or flattening the curve. Squashing the sombrero if you're Boris Johnson. In the last week, my family and I ended a short period of isolation after showing very mild symptoms of the virus. But to be honest, one walk or cycle a day and a trip to the shops, if really necessary, didn't feel quite like the liberation I was hoping. The truth is that whether it is social distancing, self-isolating or general quarantine, we're all in this boat together. But isolation does give you time, time to do things, time to think, perhaps too much time. While I was in isolation, I came to discover that the word isolation itself comes from the 1400s, during the time of the plague, when the first permanent hospital for treating plague victims was established in Venice, on a nearby island called Santa Maria. The hospital's location on an island is connected to the root of the word isolation in Italian, which actually means islanded. To be isolated was to be islanded. You see, I'm fascinated by words and their origins. There's often so much to learn from how we came to speak the words we say. But the other word I was most interested to learn about recently was the word quarantine, a word we've all become oh so familiar with. Now, when we are talking about the spread of disease, isolation refers to separating sick individuals from society in order to contain the spread of the illness. But quarantine refers to something different. Quarantine is about separating and restricting the movements of healthy individuals who may have been exposed to an illness. And that's the situation that most of us find ourselves in today. So where did the word quarantine come from? Well, I was surprised to find that the root of the word originally comes from another Italian word, quarantina, which means about 40. Around 40 days, or roughly 40 of something. But how did we come to use it in the way that we do? Well, the practice of quarantine as we know it began similarly to isolation during the 14th century in an effort to protect coastal cities from plague epidemics. Ships arriving in Venice from infected ports were expected to sit at anchor for 40 days before passengers and crew could go ashore. Today, mainly due to our medical and scientific advances, we've lost any real link to the number 40 itself. And quarantine can instead represent any period of isolation that's required, depending on the specific virus or disease. But when I learned about this association with the word 40, it made me reflect on the fact that there are so many 40s in the Bible. 40 is such a significant biblical number. But what's that got to do with quarantine and the situation that we find ourselves in? Well, let's see, because paying attention to things like locations and numbers in biblical stories often unlocks deeper layers of meaning. 
Perhaps we could think about it this way. When you start any story, everything is new. The plot and the characters are a mystery to us until the story begins to unfold. But authors often use the setting of a story to prepare you for what's about to come. For example, let's say a story begins in a courtroom. What do you think is going to happen? We probably expect a story about crime and justice. Or how about the setting of an old, dark, derelict house? We probably assume that something scary is about to happen. These settings, they evoke memories and emotions because of other stories that we know that happened in similar places. A good author knows this, and they can use settings to generate expectations about what might happen in this story. And the biblical authors were very aware of that. Time periods like 40 days in the Bible are used like settings to link stories together from book to book, to set the scene and to help us understand what to expect from the unfolding story. With this in mind, it's important to understand that time periods of 40 in the Bible are usually associated with stories where people's faithfulness is tested, especially after a period of isolation. Think of the story of Noah and his family in that boat for 40 days and 40 nights, or of Moses alone on Mount Sinai waiting for the Ten Commandments to be given. What about the story of the Israelite spies sent for 40 days to investigate the land of Canaan? Or even of the time when Jesus himself spent 40 days in the wilderness being tested by Satan? Yes, 40 in the Bible is significant. Even today, we are in the middle of a 40-day period we call Lent, which is a season of reflection and preparation before the celebrations of Easter. But how does our quarantine relate to any of these periods of isolation in the Bible? Well, as I said, 40 is a number that, when used in terms of time, represents a period of trial and testing. And I can't imagine many situations in recent history that have been more of a trial for us as a people. Not just a trial locally, or even nationally, but a trial that it seems everyone on every continent will have to face eventually. But what's really significant in those biblical stories of a 40-day quarantine was what happened after it. How did each of those involved come out the other side of their time in testing? The hope was that the number 40 represented a period of experiencing God's grace and that that period might be followed by a time of revival or a new beginning. But after the 40 days of flooding came a chance to start again. The Ten Commandments were a vision of how God's people um, may live. And the land of Canaan that they had spied on for 40 days was to be the long-awaited home that God had promised. Sadly, the pattern that we soon see emerging through each of these stories is one of a fresh opportunity provided by God and an opportunity wasted by a people too fearful and self-interested to capture the vision of a brighter tomorrow, that vision that's being offered by God. Time and time again, God gave his people a chance for a fresh start if they could only trust in him. And time and time again, they let him down and failed to trust in his grace being enough. How does Noah grasp his opportunity for a fresh new world? 
by almost immediately getting off the boat and getting drunk and bringing shame on himself and his family. The Israelites? Well, they became impatient during their 40 days of waiting for Moses on Mount Sinai, so they made themselves another object to worship, breaking the first commandment before they'd even received it. Or later, when the Israelite spies investigate the land for 40 days, they return to say, yes, it is everything that God had promised, a land flowing with milk and honey. But the people there are too big, and we are too small. Because of fear, they refuse to take the opportunity for a fresh start that God is providing. And instead, they have to wander in the desert for 40 years before their next chance comes around. But fortunately, we have the story of Jesus, who is tested in the desert for 40 days and yet remains faithful to God. He breaks this pattern of failure. He overcomes the test and begins his mission of bringing a fresh start a new way to be human. Now, we may be in lockdown for a lot longer than 40 days and 40 nights, but I think the question is still relevant. If we choose to see this quarantine as a time of testing, a time of preparation, how do we want to come out the other side? Which example do we want to follow? What fresh opportunities might this period of isolation give us? How do you want to use your quarantine? Now, it should definitely be noted that for some of us, this quarantine is a very different experience. Some of us are having to work longer and harder than ever. Those who are working in the NHS, doctors, nurses, lab technicians, cleaners and many others, they're on the front line. For those who are working in shops, growing and delivering our food, and others that I haven't mentioned, their role at this time is their service and we couldn't be more grateful. But for many of us, this is a period where we've discovered much more time. Time that we may have spent travelling. Time that we may have been in work or in meetings. Perhaps we don't feel like we have more time, but instead we're just spending it differently. Perhaps as we try to balance Zoom conferences with entertaining and homeschooling our children, we begin to long for that 40 minutes we used to dread on a crowded commuter train into London. However you're feeling about this time that we're in, I want to encourage you to see this as an opportunity. There's no question that the world will be changed by such a seismic event. But like Noah stepping out of the ark, how do we want to grasp this fresh opportunity? I hope that we might use this time to prepare to exit the quarantine and see it as a chance to make the world more as it could be. So as I finish, here are just a few things that we might learn during this time of trial. Firstly, may we have our eyes opened to the fact that although it feels like we've lost control of our lives, the only thing that we've truly lost is the illusion that we were ever in control in the first place. When disaster strikes, we see the reality of the human situation. We're not in control. But During the unknown of this time, we can turn to the Almighty God, the creator of all things, the maker of heaven and earth. So let's use this time to work on surrendering our sense of control as we begin to recognise that it was an illusion to begin with. And may this bring about the ability to receive divine blessing and guidance, 
because we've gotten our own self-importance out of the way. Realising how little control we have allows us to move through the world in a more restful manner and allows us to receive the grace that's available to us all the time, but that becomes so apparent during times of crisis. Secondly, may we see this as a time to connect. Every crisis gives us an opportunity to make something new possible. As I said before, this could be a unique opportunity to connect with God, to read that book you've been reading to read, to spend more time in prayer, or to study the Bible together as a family. But it might also be an opportunity to connect with other people. I've been so encouraged to see that despite social distancing, we find new and ingenious ways to stay connected to one another. Families may be being forced to spend a lot more time together, for better or worse, but neighbours who've lived beside each other perhaps for years are often only getting to know each other for the first time. Those who are, are able to do shopping, they're doing it for the more vulnerable. People who haven't been in contact for ages are ringing up to check that everything's okay. We're praying for each other's friends and families as we realise that we're all in this together. I've seen so many amazing examples of this. Whole streets of people gathering at their doorsteps once a day for a dancer-sized class. And who can forget the incredibly moving clap for the NHS last week? Amazing. So, whether it's by phone or internet, at home or far away, may we also use this as a time to connect to one another. Why not pick up the phone, get in touch with an old friend and ask after them? May our isolation help us to realise the importance of community and may we carry this spirit of unity with us as we begin to think about exiting the quarantine. And finally, let's use this as a chance to reimagine our world and our place in it. May we discover that the love and care, respect and solidarity that testing times like these produce well, it doesn't have to end when the pandemic is over. Do we really want things to go back to normal, whatever normal was for you? Or might we think bigger than that? Let's remember that after a period of testing, God wants to give us a fresh opportunity. So let's use our quarantine to become the sort of people we need to be in order to imagine a more just, and loving world when all of this is over.